We, we, in prayer earlier, our big chant was, break every shame. But it doesn't really make any sense, but it was funny. It was funny. Hey, so tonight, before we, we get into the torture of me, for no reason, tonight, I'm, I'm going to share a short message in a few minutes, but what I wanted to do is actually, we had a few students who, uh, we, we had plenty of people have amazing experiences at camp. It was our best camp yet in every sense of the word, um, including the fact that there were no major injuries. And so that right there, 200 people being at camp and no one dying, you know, it's just a win right there. And so we made it home and it was awesome. And, uh, but uh, really what, what camp's all about is the moments with God. And we say this all the time, it's kind of cliche, and Susie was pointing to it, but what happens is when you get away, when you get away from normal life and into a place where the chaos is kind of quieter, you can hear what God's been saying all along. And God spoke. How many of you had an amazing experience at camp? Come on, can we just hear it from you? Come on, how many of you love camp? There we go. And if you didn't go this year, I want to encourage you to come next year. It's going to be great. Hey, we'll, we'll have our biggest camp again next year. Let's go for 300. And if we get 300, tell you what, I'll promise it right now. If we get 300 at camp, I will shave my head, okay? So there you go. <laughs> okay, I'll say it. If we have three, if we have 300 students and leaders, full-time registrants, not including my two children, and not including some random mom who comes to visit and see one of the night sessions, 300 full-time registrations, then I will let someone shave my head. There we go. But uh, we have six people here um, that God did something in at camp, and we, we're going to hear from them tonight. So All right, all right, all right. So first up, first up, first up, and I'm going to let you guys use the pulpit if you want it. Do you want the pulpit? Here's the pulpit. And uh, you don't have to. But Hannah, I'm going to have you go first. And uh, you're going to use this microphone, so why don't you step up. Let's give it up for Hannah Kornachuk. Hello, my name is Hannah. I go to our Mountain View. Go Lions! Um, I'm in 10th grade. Nobody cares though. Um, so the on Wednesday night of camp, I was prayed over, and before camp, I had this thought that I was called to start a club at my school called Breakfast Club and really bring the light of my heart into the school, and I was praying about it a lot that God would speak to me at camp and just give me the go, you know, the like, yeah, you got this, let's do it, I'm here with you, let's, let's do it, and um, when I was prayed over, Naharka asked prayer over me, and during this time, I was like, oh, okay, no one has ever prayed over me before, but... When she was praying, I really felt like God was 
speaking to me through her, and she said, this girl is going to save lives. And in that moment, I was like, okay, like, I got this. So I think that this just shows that this year, I'm going to bring the light that I found at camp. I'm going to bring it to my school. I'm going to just, I'm going to truly, <laughs> I'm going to truly just spread the light into the dark, 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 just halls of my school. And I'm going <laughs> to, and just like bring God into it. So, yeah, that's what happened at camp. Way to go, Hannah. Hey, next up, we got Emma. Emma Dagonese. She's short on the outside, but tall on the inside. I was extra, and I wrote a paper, so. Okay, so... My name is Emma, and I'm going to share with you my camp experience. So um, I would first like to start off by saying that camp is so much fun, and if you didn't go this year, for sure go next year, because you're literally in for the time of your life. Okay, so, but through all that fun comes growing relationships with people, leaders, and especially God. I was baptized in May because I was ready to give my life to Christ and fully commit. However, I was still in a really bad place in my life. Right after I was baptized, my parents had taken me out of soccer to work on some things as a family. Mind you, I had been playing soccer, soccer, excuse me, soccer since I was about three, and I hadn't really stopped since then. I was angry and hurt, and I took it out on everyone. And I even had some issues going on with friends because they all went back to soccer, and I stayed behind. And there was like a separation that occurred there, and it was really tough for me. But right before camp, I was given the opportunity to go back to soccer and play spring season. So that's what I was planning on doing. Um, when I was at camp, I had a big moment with God the first night, and I was able to let go of everything that was making me super angry, super uptight. I had just felt a bunch of weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, the second night, I realized that I wanted to be a leader for people who were struggling just like I was, and I wanted to go beyond myself and just take all the focus off of myself and put it onto somebody else who really needed it more than I did. The third, night, <laughs> the third night, I performed up on stage with Lexi and Cameron, and it was a silly, like, <laughs> it was a silly little talent show, but God spoke to me that night and told me um, to use what he gave me, so I, um, I was ready to step out of soccer, and I wasn't going to go back, so that's what I decided that night, which is really huge, because like I said, I'd been playing since I was three, and so that's just a lot for me to give up but I wanted to start taking more interest in music. So that's when I confronted Noel about worship team. So as of now, I'm working towards that and hoping for the best. <laughs> Letting go of soccer is hard for me. Me and my friends would always talk about playing college and going pro. Um, but I know that God has something much greater for me that goes beyond just my needs and wants. And I know that this is only the beginning. So I would like to thank my leaders, friends, and God especially for giving me a better, more fulfilling focus. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. And next up, we got Miles Webster. <laughs> I'm Miles. Um, 
Uh, I'm a senior at Kenwood High School. Um, I, uh, I joined this church uh, the Sunday before all you guys left for camp last year. Um, and I remember seeing, like, I only knew a couple of people. And I remember seeing so many people go and coming back. And, like, it was just a certain energy throughout the church that just kind of, like, made it, like, I was like, I have to be there next year. Like, it was just... I could really, like, I could feel it, like, in the air. And um, and I'm, it should be noted that I'm a little bit of an introvert. Like, I enjoy talking to people, but, like, I really enjoy playing on the Xbox. And it's like, I, I, I just, you know, I just prefer a, a lot of alone time. Um, so coming to the church, I just, I knew that a lot of people here were uh, extroverted. And so it was kind of cool just being around um, all those types of people. But going into camp, I was pretty nervous because I still didn't know a lot of people from UD because I didn't go to UD. I only came to church on Sundays. And so um, I just was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna try to be the best person that I can be. And the very first night, like, oh, also too, I have ADD. So um, before we went to camp, I completely forgot all my medication. So I was a little bit nervous because I was like, I'm not gonna remember anything I'm not going to be able to pay attention during the sermons or anything. But the very first night, for whatever reason, I was, like, hyper-focused, and I could just understand everything. And it was like God was talking straight to me, and he was telling me to be a leader, which is very hard for me because, like I said, I like to be by myself a lot. And uh, because of that, I just I realized that he was talking to me, and I was like, well, I guess I have to, like, kind of go full front with it. But every other night, I could not focus on anything. And it was just like, every day it was like a challenge. The guy was like, all right, talk to this person, lead this person, like help this person out. And so, yeah, I just wanted to say that God, like he, he works in miraculous ways because I definitely thought I wasn't going to remember anything. Come on. That was awesome. Hey, next up, let's see. I'm going to choose Jose because someone said it back here. What's up, guys? My name is Jose. Um, I mean, I don't really have a name anymore because I started off with Jose, then it turned into Sway, to Jose, and now Jose B. So <laughs> call me what you want, I guess. Um, so last year was my first year at camp, and it was, like, really impactful. And, like, I could truly say it changed my life forever. Um, so going into this year, it was, like, what's next? And... Um, I, I really didn't know, but I think it was Taylor I heard say, like, pray for someone out loud. Like, it's a different, like, it's completely different. I was just like, okay, <laughs> like, cool. Um, and I didn't really, like, take that step the first two nights, but I had a 1v1 with Cameron, and he, he really encouraged me to do it. And it was the third night. Um, I saw one of my buddies come up here, or up to the altar, and I, I went up. I asked him if he needed prayer, and, like, immediately I just, like, he just started sobbing, and I was like, wow, he, like, he needs this. So I asked him if we go to the back, and I prayed for him, and it, it was different. Like, I prayed for him out loud, and I definitely felt like God was there. Like, I knew, like, he used me to help him, and, like, that's, like, a big thing. Um, and as soon as, like, I finished praying, I just, he got up, continued worshiping, and I just started sobbing. Like, I just felt like 
just God just used me to help someone else. And that was, like, a lot. Like, I went to my cabin. I went to sleep, and I was like, that was crazy. Like, I just, wow. And I went home and talked to my parents about it, and I was like, I explained to them what happened, and my dad was like, yeah, like, God used you to help him. And I think we all take, like, that step onto praying for someone or just being there for someone, like, we'll, we'll find that relationship with God. So, thank Way you. Way to go, Sway. All right, let's go with Alex next. Alex Vensky. Hello, I'm Alex. One of the things that stood out to me was a Thursday night altar call. And I may not have been down at the altar, but it's, I really got changed. And so I was in the back, in the front, but back of everyone at the altar. And I was just processing Pastor Taylor's message because it was just so profound. And it just really gave me a new lens to see through. So I was processing that and just standing in worship. And I just held out my hands and I said, God, if you want to use me, go ahead. And I felt something inside of me shift like it was I understood the message and God's love for me. And I just felt like I needed to hand it off to someone else. So I was like, okay, God. So I kept my eyes open, and I was looking around, and I saw my friend I've known since second grade. And I pushed through the crowd and went over to her and said, could I pray for you? And she was like, yes, you can. So I prayed I prayed over her, and I just, God just spoke, spoke through me to her. And I don't even remember what I said, but I could tell she was receiving it, and so I, when I let go from hugging her, I looked at her, and they were just, I was surprised to see tears just running down her face, and I just was amazed at, I'm just a 14-year-old girl, but God can do crazy things through, even if you're just young, but God, if you just surrender yourself and say, God, just use me, God can do amazing things, and so that's one thing I got from camp. Awesome. And last but not least, we got Cameron Larson. I'm going behind the pulpit. This is cool. Hi, I'm Cameron, and you're watching Camp Testimonies. Okay, anyways, uh, slight side note to start off with. I love my blue team people, but we kind of sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry, it wasn't very good. We got fourth place. That was very disappointing. That's okay, though. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so, slight backstory going into camp, like the first few weeks, I would say, before camp started, I was just in a very dark place in my life. I was just constantly, like, sad and just depressed, and I was just I had this darkness that was just kind of hovering over me, and I didn't really understand, like, why it was there. And part of the reason for that was I was kind of mad that I wasn't hearing God. And I remember that Taylor had been preaching about positioning yourself to listen and hear from God, and I was getting frustrated that as hard as I tried to hear from him, I wasn't hearing anything. And I just was arguing with God. I was like, why can't I hear you listen? Why, why can't I hear you talking to me? Why can't I just hear what you have to say about my life. And so when I get to camp, obviously the whole week is like impacting me. Every message is just exactly what I need to hear, obviously. 
And then um, I remember when Taylor started preaching on Thursday night, he was talking about the everlastingness of God. And he told a story about his daughter, Hayden, how she had a nightmare one night. And he went up there and he just held her and he said, hey, daddy's here, you're safe. And he just hugged her and they just stood there in that moment. And then when I went to the altar call that night, I remember it being extremely impactful for me because I wasn't hearing God tell me anything. I wasn't hearing his plan for my life. It wasn't an audible like, hey, by the way, you need to go do this. I don't know why God sounds like this. Um, but I just remember it being super cool because I was just sitting there and I was being in God's presence. And I could just feel him wrapping his arms around me just as Taylor had wrapped his arms around Hayden. And it was just kind of a moment of God telling me, like, through his presence, not through an audible voice, like, hey, it's okay if you can't hear my voice sometimes. Like, sometimes it's just being with me and being in my presence that's going to be more impactful than any word I could say to you. And so I just wanted to say it was lit. Go to camp. It's life-changing. That's it. Awesome. Hey, can we give it up to all these guys? Come on, you can do better than that. Weren't they awesome? That was awesome. I want to say I'm really proud of all of you guys. Um, and not because I'm, I'm not surprised, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's not like I'm surprised that what you said there inspires and, and challenges me. Um, I'm not surprised by it, but I am encouraged by it. Um, one of my favorite things I was sharing with someone earlier I think I said it a little bit on Sunday, uh, is the, the reality that, you know, you look at Alex, she's in eighth grade, um, and all of these people up here in high school, and yet what she said, I think echoes through all of their things that they said, Emma, who's going into 10th grade, right, Emma? Um, and then Cameron, who's going to be a senior and everything in between. Um, that's how you pronounce her name, because it's with an A, so... Uh, just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> um, you're welcome. But it, it's, it's the idea that you don't have to wait for God to be able to speak to you or for him to use you. And it's in little ways, like Jose going to the back and just praying for, praying for his buddy, right? That's it. Uh, it's allowing God to speak to you, speak through you. Sometimes God speaks through you without you realizing that he's talking. And so it's not like, okay, God, what do you want me to say? Say this. Uh, but oftentimes, it's more just a willingness in your posture um, for God to be able to speak through you. Uh, a, a desire and a willingness in you to say, God, I'm open if you want to speak with me, if you want to use me. And then you go and you find somebody to encourage. And you'll be surprised, but not surprised, how God always uses that. So I want to encourage you. Um, as we, we're going to get into the word for about five minutes and then we're going to go and it, like I said, we're going to go ruin my night and, uh, and it might make yours, but it'll ruin mine. So, but let's, um, uh, I want to encourage you. If you'll let God, he will shift your direction this year for your life and you will see new things happen that you've never seen before. Do you want to see God? Do something in and around and through you this year, in your school year. Do you want to see it? Because I believe if you want to see it and you're willing, that, that it's not a question of will you, it's just a question of what's it going to look like.
but God's going God's gonna to do it because he's faithful. Um, but, hey, I want to read, read a quick passage and then share a quick thought, and then we'll go, okay? Also, go take pictures in mourning of the red team because they're dead. The red is dead. And use the hashtag, red is dead. Hashtag red is dead. Uh, and we will, we will solidify that. But 1 Corinthians chapter four, 1, verses 4 through 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. It says, I always thank God for you because of his grace given to you in Jesus Christ. For in him you've been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you don't lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He'll also keep you firm until the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to focus on this one little line real quick. For in him you've been enriched in every way. Enriched in every way. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, what you did at camp, that it's just the beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Good little prayer. Um, that word enriched, everyone say enriched. enriched. It means furnished or equipped. It, in, equipped on the insides, per se. I don't know if you've ever been to a place or a house um, that it existed and it was fine on the outside, but on the inside it was empty. I remember visiting uh, some friends a while back to their new house. And we went into the house. We were excited to go see the house. We went into the house and they lived there for some time. But it was just the two of them. They didn't have any kids and they didn't have a lot of people over. And so when we went there, uh, they were so excited for us to be there but the hard thing was there was not a lot of furniture. And there were four of us, but there was like a loveseat couch. And so if we wanted to hang out at night and like watch a movie or play Sega or whatever, it, you had to have two people sitting on the ends, like on the, on the arm of the couch, and then two people on the inside. And if you're sitting on the ends for a while, you start to droop towards the center and then sit on the person next to you. And you don't want to do that unless you're married to them, which in that case, it's great. But... You know, it's, it wasn't very, wasn't very pleasant because there was not enough furniture. I remember actually their dinner table was about twice the size of this pulpit. And uh, the seats, though, were a computer chair, a box, and then two exercise balls. And those were the four seats that we would sit and eat dinner at. And if you were stuck with the exercise ball, it was really like those are great to sit on and play with. But it's not great when you're trying to eat dinner and use both hands to cut into your food. And that you, it's not very ideal. Because when you go to a place, you want it to not just be the house itself, but you want it to be furnished so that inside the house is able to accomplish its purpose. I was thinking about this, is it, this idea of how God, if we were to replace this word... Say that God, here, let's read it. It says this. For in him you've been furnished in every way. God has furnished or equipped or filled your life in every way, in such a way that you have what it takes to be able to do what he's called you to do. God did not give you a house 
and then say, go figure it out. Leave it empty. God has given you everything that you need. And not only that, he's given you what you need on the inside of it. I hate one of the most expensive things when we buy, when you buy a house, when you move into a new place, or when you get your own place or whatever, is furnishing it. It's the worst. And so it's the best if you can get, like, all your furniture included. Christian and Lauren, they're, they're getting a house, and they're, they're, the struggle is real, right? It's like you want to get a good couch, like our first couch that we got. It didn't take very long for someone to squish the inside of it. And then the inside got squished more, and then eventually the couch was such a piece of garbage that we had to pay to get rid of it. Uh, it was so bad. Our seat, we still have one seat that it was, there was, uh, let's, see, let's see, it was Michael Champion, Lance Hamby, and then I think, like, uh, it was probably, I don't know who it was. No, I, it was Michael DeWalt, I think. And the, I remember the third person jumped on it, and you could see it slow motion just caved in. And we still have that chair, but when you try and turn, you hear it grind, and it's really uncomfortable to sit on. Because it's, it's the worst, and furniture, it's, it's expensive. And what I want to tell us tonight, this is a simple idea, and I know... I know it's so, kind of goofy, but God's given you a house. It's your life. It's your walk with him. But God did not give you an empty house. God gave you everything that you need to function with him. Are you hearing me? God gave you everything that you need to function with him. Now, the myth, the myth that would be easy to believe as a young person, especially as you go to college or you go to, you go to camp, you have a moment with God, and I think most of us, if not every person there, had some sort of a moment with God where God spoke or God knocked on their heart or God planted a seed or pulled them forward or whatever it might be. But I, I, I would venture to say that most, if not everyone, had a moment with God. But the, the myth that would be very easy to buy into is that you need more moments like that to sustain you. But what I would like to tell you is that if you never had a moment like that, which I encourage you to have, but if you never were able to go back to camp, you are not then unable to hear from God. God has actually given you his Holy Spirit, and because you believe in Christ, the Holy Spirit is now in you, and he is the one who helps you and gives you everything that you need to sustain and continue your growth in God. Are you with me? Yeah. So you don't have to go to school and wish that school wasn't starting because you're nervous. Are you going to make it? You can actually be fully confident that you will. Did you know that? You can actually be fully confident and know 100% that you'll make it. Now, I'm not trying to predict the future or say that you won't encounter disruptions or discouragements or moments where it's difficult because you will. But I'm here to tell you, that the Holy Spirit is real. If you believe in God, he's in you. And he will equip you and give you everything that you need to make it beyond right now. Because we were never meant to exist to just have camp and hope that that makes it work for us. Because I can tell you as a person who grew up in church, I've been to camp 20 years in a row. And it doesn't do it for me. What does it for me is those moments, it's like a checkpoint. It's like a checkpoint. And that, that checkpoint gets me. Okay, now I'm good, but now I need, I need to get to the next checkpoint. What is the next? It's, it's every day. It's getting in the word. It's prayer. It's worship. It's 
being around believers. The, the Bible says in Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling of one another as some are in the habit of doing. One of the best habits that you can create is now that you have the momentum, is decide who you want to be this whole next year and say, here's the habits that I'm going to live by. I'm going to be at church every week unless I'm out of town or whatever. Or I'm going to, I'm going to get in the word every day, and this is the time I'm going to do it. And when you miss it, start over the next day. Don't, don't beat yourself up. But what you're doing is you're determining the habits that you want because you know that camp's not going to sustain you. It was meant to start what you are meant to with God in partnership with God to keep going. But God didn't leave you empty-handed. He gave you his word, and he gave you his spirit. This is the great thing about God is that when he saves us, he's meant to also keep us. You read the end of this passage. It says, it says that um, he will keep you firmly until the end. So it is God that keeps us. So it's, it's this paradox of understanding that we need to do all this stuff, but also we need to understand that whether or not we do it, it is God that keeps us. It is God that sustains us. It's his spirit that empowers us. And when we merge the two together, beautiful things can happen. So I want to encourage you with two simple thoughts here, and then we'll go. Two simple thoughts. Number one is, here's how you keep it going. Number one, your knowledge. And here's what it says. That your knowledge represents um, what, what you take in. Okay? So it says this. For in him you've been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. Your knowledge, which represents what you take in, so it's how you dig deeper. I I would encourage you to be intentional right now as you look ahead to the year. What am I going to intake? What am I going to take in? And here's the secondary question. What am I going to not let in? This is an important question for you to know the answer to. Not only what am I going to be intentional about letting into my heart, Letting before my eyes, letting into my ears, letting take root in my life. So that's a big part of it. What do you listen to? What's the dominant kind of music that you listen to in the morning when you're riding the bus or when you're driving to school? What are you allowing in? Because I can promise you those things are feeding your spirit on the good or the bad side, but it's feeding your spirit. So what are you, de- what are you determining to feed your spirit with? Okay, The movies you watch. Some of you... It would be very good for you to be intentional about what you take in, knowing that it feeds your life, yeah. right? right? When you, I used it, when you eat mac and not cheese, and you eat corn dogs, and you eat Cheez-Its, it does something to you at 3 a.m. And eight, but man, when you get on the habit of eating, eating strawberries, and bananas and blueberries. And um, what other healthy things are there? It's the only ones I know of. Um, some whole grains every once in a while. I don't know. But here's the thing. In the few short spurts of healthy kicks that I've had in my life, in those times, after a couple days, I start, I start to feel the effects of it. I can guarantee you this year you will feel the effects of what you start to put in spiritually. And you will feel the effects of what you push out. Right? And some of you, you don't feel the desire to read the word. I can say as a youth pastor who's been a follower of Jesus my whole adult life, my whole life I've been in church world. As a follower of Jesus, there are times where I don't feel it. 
Now that's humanity, that's life. But there are times where I don't feel it and it's a result of the fact that everything that I've been taking in, how I spend my time, what I watch, what I listen to, how I talk, uh, and all of those things, all of those intakes, what it's doing is it's filling me with so much stuff that I never have a desire to intake the things that I know that I need. But when you get used to taking in the things that you know that you need, it stops becoming because you need it and you start enjoying it. When you start to feel the effects of healthy living, you want to eat the banana and not the nachos at 11 p.m. You want to eat the small serving of yogurt with some blueberries inside as opposed to the large um, plate of nachos. It's just what I go to. <laughs> but right, there's, you, you start to want the healthy thing. I encourage you, I want to tell each and every one of you, in you is a desire for God's word. In you is a desire for the things of God. In you is a desire for holy living. In you is a desire for everything good and pleasing to God. It's in you. But we've buried it sometimes yeah. with distractions. We've buried it with what we put in. We've buried it with our intake of our phones. And I'm not telling you. I'm talking to every human in here because we get distracted, don't we? Yeah. So I want to encourage you to be intentional about what you take in, but also what you don't take in, what you stop. I'm not going to take in gossip anymore. I'm not going to take in those conversations when they happen I'm either leaving the room or I'm going to be that guy and make it real awkward because I don't put up with that ish because I don't take in gossip anymore. I don't take in foul language. I don't let it come out of me. I don't take it in. I don't talk about others in ways that is unbecoming of who I, how I want people to talk about me. So what I'm doing is I'm deciding what I want to fill myself with and what I'm saying no to. Say no to it now because I guarantee you tonight it will happen and you'll be ready because you just said no to it. Watch what happens when you decide you're not going to gossip anymore. An opportunity for gossip will come out. It will come within minutes, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Church isn't exempt from it, is it? Let's not pretend it doesn't happen here. Now, I, here's the funny thing. I was telling someone this at camp. I, I live a drama-free life. I really do. My drama is, you know, I was tired last night, and Hayden was not going to sleep, and then she called, I go downstairs, and she says, Daddy, I'm poopy. That's my drama. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I just put your diaper on. Now, she's potty trained during the day, but at night, she poops. Put the diaper on, she poops. It's like, you were waiting. Thank you. Appreciate it. But it's funny because I don't find drama. You know why? Because a long time ago, I said no to it. So when drama comes, guess what? I just, I just don't care. I don't pay attention to it. Why? Because I surround myself with people who also don't care. So guess what happens? I don't find drama. There are so many more things that I don't know about than I do know about. I'm thankful that I'm the youth pastor, that when people are doing stuff, I don't hear about it. You know why? Because I don't care because I'm going to spend my time focusing on what I need to focus on. And I'm going to surround myself with people who are doing the same. Why? Because I don't have time for a lack of momentum. I don't have time for all of this stuff 
to weigh me down because I have places that I'm going. And I would guarantee you, when you start doing that, guess what? As the momentum picks up in your life, people start to see it. And guess what? They'll start to want to go the same direction. So what are you taking in? What are you saying no to? I would encourage you, maybe write down what you're saying no to. Maybe it's when you go back to school, it's who you're saying no to. Maybe it's I'm going to say no when my DMs get slid into that, that my block gets slid into theirs. And I'm saying right now that anyone who does that, I'm just going to block it because ain't nobody got time for that. So, But what you're doing is you're predetermining what your response is going to be. Why? Because you want the deeper things of God, but in order to get them, you got to say no to some things. So you got room to say yes. So what are you taking in? What are you saying no to? What are you taking in? Your daily devos, campus devos, jumping in when we have life groups on Wednesday nights, and maybe it's even what you're listening to, getting new playlists and saying no to some of the other music that you spend so much time listening to, and you wonder why you're angry and depressed all the time. It's your intake. Number two is your speech, what comes out of you, and I already kind of led to that, but what you say and how you see life. Let me say this. I want you to write this down. We'll conclude right here. What you say and how you see life is revealed. Sorry, let me say it this way. How you see life is a result of what you take in. How you speak is a result of what you take in. And here's what happens. Is we wonder why we always want to do and say these things and all this kind of stuff. But what happens is we're unintentional about what we let to flow in. So here's what I want to end with. Know what you are going to take in. Write it down. Write it down. Maybe take 30 seconds. Write down, here's what I'm going to take in. Here's what I'm going to be intentional about taking in. Here's what I'm saying no to because I want my speech to reflect it. I want how I talk about others. I want how I talk about God. I want what I talk about to reflect what's in here. I want to be the kind of person, and I'm not, I'm not trying to raise up a bunch of people who know how to talk church. Because I don't think the world needs more of that. I think what the world needs more of is people who are regular humans who love God and their relationship with God works from the inside out. That's really what I want. But some of us, the way we talk to our parents, the way we talk to our authority, the way we interact with others, our speech, it reflects a lack of God in our lives because of what we allow to come in. See how this all intertwines? So what you take in, what you say no to, is going to reflect what it's, or it's going to affect what comes in here, which is going to be reflected in how you act, how you live out, what goes out of your mouth, what you say, how you talk, how you talk to others, how you talk about God. So close your eyes for a second. We're going to pray. We're going to go. I want to encourage you to know what you're going to take in, what you're going to leave out, how you're going to speak, how you're going to speak about others, what you're saying no to. But what it says 
It says, for in him you've been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about you. God's work in your life at camp will be confirmed in how you speak and what you take in. God, I pray right now that what you did at camp would not stay at camp, but it would be confirmed in how we speak and what we take into our lives. Let us be those who are intentional about what we bring in and intentional about what we say. God, hypocrite is such an easy word to throw around. We all are in some way in our lives, 100% of us. But God, we want to be the kind of people who, knowing that you love us, allow your love to fill us and work its way out of our lives. How we treat others, how we talk to others, how we talk about others, what we take in, all in efforts to honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name. Everyone said?